So we want to thank you, and once again, for your music ministry, Bonnie and uh, Jerry and Tom, John, John, John. I have a 15-year-old grandson who's taking the drum, so it means a lot to have the drummer there. So anyway, the the picture that was on the screen, uh, did you notice it was a light beam, you know? We talked about that in the 80s, but that's when we were dancing around with crystals and silk, silk uh, scarves. And now we're talking about it for real. Because Robert Drummond has written this book, and my chapter on this for your first Sunday of Lent is a, birth, a, a brief history of you. Now, it's interesting because we're being once again asked to awaken from the dream. So if we could all agree that we're in a dream state and that Adam fell asleep, and you know, nowhere is it written that he woke up, so it's our time to transform ourselves by the renewing of our mind, which is biblical, to have a spiritual understanding. You know, I don't know if anybody noticed, but the meditation was the 12 powers. So to have a spiritual understanding, which is here, spiritual understanding that we are one. We are one. So when we ask the question, who am I and where am I going? Do you have an answer for it? Do you have an answer for it? Who am I and where am I going? We discover just in the beginning that our wisdom and our power and our beauty. Do you ever think of yourself as beauty? And yet, did you see the slide where the light being was just pure beauty? That is what we're being called to do. Because this evolution that I'm to talk about today is the evolution of consciousness. We are really being called to wake up, as Reverend Joanne would say, are you woke? Are you woke? We're being called to wake up. So then, you know, we start to. We start to wake up and then we say, now what? Now what? It can be a scary prospect. Anyone in this room who's had a dark night of the soul or anyone in this room who's been brave enough to look at their shadow, that's all part of waking up. Sometimes we try to just brush that away or brush it under the carpet. But you can't do that. Because as I was waking up, one of the things I found is I was having trouble with anger. John found that way before I found it, my husband John. So all of a sudden I realized I was having trouble with anger and I started putting spiritual principle in play. And it was getting better. Not healed totally, but better. And guess what happened? I started getting calls from people. Hey, Donna, can you come out and have lunch with us? We'd like to talk to you uh, as a couple. So I'd go out and have lunch with them, and 
always one of them was having trouble with anger. And so I could laugh. And believe it or not, the laughter healed them. Because I could say, oh, just like me. We have to have the spiritual ability and consciousness to look at ourselves and to understand that this is not a biological evolution. It is an evolution of consciousness. And what does unity say? Life is consciousness. So we want our life to evolve in that way. And so we do a dance from spiritual crisis to spiritual evolution. We are in a crisis in our country with depression, with suicide, with ways we treat each other. It's a spiritual crisis. And it's time now. The time is now. That's why this book is written by Robert. The time is now that we say, I am my ego and personality no longer. When I started in Unity, uh, I started going to counseling. Because I wouldn't go to church because that was a sin. But I could go to counseling. So I went to a Unity minister. First thing she taught me was everyone is blameless. One of my very first lessons. And I thought, what kind of counselor is this? I've got a whole list of people that I'm blaming. And it was legit, I thought. And yet I knew when she said that to me, it was true. So when your soul is ready, you'll hear the truth. And you start to lay down the ego and you start to lay down the personality. I would say to her, well, that's just the way I am. And she would uh, graciously listen to me. And I would go in the next week, oh, that's just the way I am. And I'd say, well, I did this, this, this. And she'd go, hmm. Well, that's just the way I am. Finally, after about a year, she, she said to me, you know that's not true. You do know that's not true. And I was like, what? Because she told me that I was consciousness and that I was radiant light and that I was love. So I had to do the lifeless consciousness, it's a knowing, it's a willingness. And everyone in this room, I would invite you to be willing to be that spiritual being that that minister told me to be in 1984. To just be that spiritual being, even if it's one moment a day. Let's just practice. Because we say we're spiritual beings having a human experience. But really? I mean, are we really doing that? We've moved heaven from a place. We've moved it from a place of uh, reward and golden streets paved of gold. And we've moved it into heaven on earth. So what are we saying in unity? What What are we telling ourselves in unity that we want heaven on earth? And we want it metaphysically. The metaphysical meaning of heaven is Christ consciousness. It's divine mind, and it's in harmony with thoughts of God. And my favorite metaphysical explanation is, it is the orderly, lost 
adjustment of God's kingdom in man's mind, body, and affairs. Doesn't everyone want an orderly adjustment of God in their life and in their affairs? So we attempt that here. We use positive thinking, affirmations, visualization, self-improvement, growth, and we still ask the question, where am I going? And why is it that what we discover is everywhere I go, there I am? And sometimes it's frightening because maybe you moved or got a new partner or did something different and you thought, boy, now, now it's okay. And then all of a sudden you show up. And it's an amazing thing that we have to change. So what do we do? There's two ways of change in birthing a greater reality. The first way is translation. Translation. I had never heard this before. I thought it was very interesting. You get a powerful experience like a Sunday lesson. And then you go back to living the way you were. Now you hear that all the time. You leave church and you go out in the parking lot. Oh, that was the other church, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) We all do it. Like it's a get out of my way feeling. Hopefully you don't do that. But the thing is, that's the translation, is that you get a, a feeling and you start to raise your energy and you go, oh my gosh, and this is truth. And then all of a sudden you go back to living the way you were with your ego and your personality. Well, we all do it. We all do it. But what's transformation? Transformation. Our lives are altered and we evolve. Our lives are altered and we evolve. We have true alchemy within our body. Paul in 1 Corinthians says, I die daily. I die daily. Well, he's talking about the ego. I die daily in the alchemy that happens within us. Within us is the ego to life. You become that light being. It's evolution itself. So what's the story of our journey? You know, the Bible is just about us. It's like a dream interpretation. I don't know if anybody's ever taken that, but it's all the characters in your dream are you. Well, the Bible's the same way. And metaphysically, Charles Fillmore knew that. So we're going to talk about how the Israelites, who play the role, metaphysically, of the illumined thought in consciousness, who fled Egypt, who is known as the dark place or the mental bondage. So our illumined thoughts, we're going to flee Egypt, which is the bondage, and we're going to enter into the promised land. So a realization of our divine substance. 
So it's great, except what happens. We end up in the wilderness. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone for spiritual growth or to a counselor for psychological growth and you hit a wall, you hit the desert, you hit the wilderness, and you go, what's this all about? And the wilderness, metaphysically, is a multitude of undisciplined and uncultivated thoughts. When we hit that measure, and then what did they do as they were dancing around the golden calf? They blamed Moses. So now we're back to blame. So you understand this consciousness that we're talking about evolving is significant. Because not one of you plays this game. We all play the game because it's biblical in the metaphysical way. And I can't tell you how many times that game has been played in my life. So vertical living is introduced by, uh, it's actually in this book, but it was introduced to me by Marianne Williamson. And so what does vertical living mean? It means that we are really aware that we are connected to the universal energy and that it goes through us as us. And that's where the light comes. And we begin to describe ourselves as soul, mind, body. Because we've been saying body, mind, soul forever. So what do we identify with? Body, and then mind, and then soul. And so if we are really going to be these light beings, and I don't want you to be afraid of that word because it's from within. So that when we describe ourselves, it'll be a fun little contest for you. You know, every time you want to say in circles of healing, body, mind, spirit, to try to train yourself. Spirit, mind, body. It's just a little thing, but those little things can mean so much. And then all of a sudden, our will becomes the divine will. And we grow and we evolve. We have to also understand that opposites exist. That good and evil, right and wrong, pleasure and pain are the things of the world. They're the things of the world. And, we have, and life is confusing when we look out at the world. I'm sure many of us today, I'm confused. I think many of us today, as we look out into the world, you know, why we have all these children starving or hungry. Why? I get confused. But in evolving the soul, we're not asked to look out. We're asked to look within. We're asked to look within and to be the change. The great Gandhi line, be the change you wish to see. But to have a simple way, as a 12-step program would say, keep it simple. Keep it simple and look within. Because we know that God is good. And we know that God is good all the time. So when we look out in confusion, we look in with conviction. And I know, capital K, 
that things will change as you are the light being that you were created to be. I can't tell you, I, I, I wish I could go into story, 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 because I like to tell stories. Um, but we will change the world by waking up. Because we are the eyes and ears, the hands and feet. We are the one. We live and move and have our being. The last of what I want to share with you is a map of consciousness. Now, I just learned this term. And like now, I got a new toy. A map of consciousness. It's from the book. And we have to look at our teachers. We have to look at Buddha. And he taught the Four Noble Truths. He taught 500 years before Christ. So the four noble truths, the first truth is life is suffering. Well, I learned that with, from this Unity minister, and I was like, ah, oh, I just went through positive thinking and affirmations. Now I've got to learn life is suffering? I knew that when I came here. But what Buddha did was he gave us his fourth noble truth, the Eightfold Path to Awakening. So he's mapping our consciousness. And then, Jesus the Christ. And this Christ being 500 years later, said love. And you love God first. It's life that's within you. You love that first. Then you love your neighbor as you love yourself. So once again, our consciousness is mapped to love. So we have the noble truth. And in this chapter... It's right understanding and right motivation. So, Buddha gave us wisdom and skill. He gave us eight, but in my chapter, wisdom and skill. And Jesus gave us love. So now, our consciousness is wisdom, skill, and love. And then along came Charles Fillmore. And, and there's, by the way, many, many more teachers but I'd need many, many more hours. So Charles Fillmore gave us the 12 powers. And that's what our meditation was today. What is that? It's mapping our consciousness to let us know that these powers are within us as us. Because evolution is an impulse. It doesn't happen by us. It doesn't happen to us. It doesn't happen for us. It is done through us. So when Robert says we are beasts and angels, we're caught between this beast and angel. The looking out and judging and blaming and the inward knowing that we are a light being 
so full of love, you will change. You do change. When someone walks in loving, the whole group feels it. When someone walks in as a light, the whole group feels it. And yet we're stuck between halfway angel and halfway beast. Thus the anger or the joy. So just know this as I close. Human thought has done an amazing job for helping us to survive. So we give our intellect an attaboy. But it cannot wake us. And we are coming out of the idea that it is not the intellect, but it is the wisdom of the heart. Thank you.